Happy Easter, Woodmont. Certainly an Easter uh, that we will never forget. Would you join me for a word of prayer? Loving God, open our hearts and minds and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I want to begin this Easter sermon with an honest time of confession. And my confession is this. I am tired of the coronavirus. I don't have it. I don't want it. But I am tired of what it is doing to our culture and to our world. I'm tired of the anxiety that is everywhere because of how contagious it is. I'm tired of turning on the TV every day and seeing how many new deaths there have been across the nation and around the globe. I'm tired of everybody being suspicious of everybody else wondering where they've been, who they've been around, and whether they might have the virus or not. I'm tired of doctors and nurses working long hours on the front line to save lives, but not having the protective gear that they need. I'm tired of not seeing my family, my friends, my staff, except for on the screen, on a Zoom call, I'm tired of having to do church like a televangelist, Joel Osteen style, with nobody in the sanctuary except a camera guy and a, a sound crew and, and yeah, some, some Easter lilies this morning. I'm tired of watching people that I love get laid off and, and furloughed, wondering how they're going to support their families and whether or not their job is going to come back. I'm tired of restaurants shutting down, hotels folding, seeing the streets of downtown Nashville and other major cities in this country completely empty, looking like ghost towns. I'm tired of no sports. First it was March Madness, then it was the Masters. Now they have the nerve to talk about uh, college football and the NFL possibly not happening. I'm tired of watching television shows about weirdos in Oklahoma who have uh, pet tigers as, uh, as pets and other exotic animals on a farm and shows about guys who move their families to the middle of the Ozarks so they can launder money. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Simply put, I'm tired of everybody living in fear, living apart, and wondering if life will ever get back to normal, whatever normal is. And yet, if we're honest, I think we can all say that we've learned a lot. We've learned how to slow down, simplify our lives, and spend more time at home. We've learned how crazy and overbooked some of our lives had become with practices and meetings and sports and groups and everything else that we could pack into our schedules. 
We've learned how to sacrifice for the well-being and common good of our culture to respect those who are working so hard in the hospitals, on the front lines. We've learned how much we appreciate getting together with the people that we love, hugging and greeting each other and talking to each other in person. We've learned of the heroic bravery of those who have stepped up and put themselves at at risk, many of them contracting the virus themselves because they're taking care of patients. And we've learned the value of not taking our physical, our mental, and our spiritual health for granted because all of those things must be tended to. Here's what I know this Easter. God has always had the ability to take what seems like a tragic and terrible situation and bring good out of it. That's truly the story of Easter. That's why the resurrection is the greatest event that has ever happened in the history of the world. According to John's gospel, Jesus was dead. He had been betrayed, arrested, falsely tried, beaten, whipped, and executed. And he was executed in the most public and humiliating of ways, nailed to a cross on the top of a hill for everybody to see. Crucifixion in that day was a deterrent to send a message to other people, do not do what this guy did. Do not claim to be a king. Do not threaten the Roman system or this can happen to you. And Jesus was dead. But then... John tells the rest of the story. Early on the third day, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb. She saw that the stone had been rolled away, so she went to tell Peter and John. They rushed out there. Peter went into the tomb, but there was no Jesus. Only the linen wrappings that he had worn were laying on the, on the bed. John did the same thing, and he believed He remembered Jesus saying that he would rise on the third day. Mary stood weeping outside of the tomb when suddenly two angels appeared to her and said, Woman, why are you weeping? And in her tears, she said, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Then John tells us that that she turned around and, and Jesus was standing there. She didn't recognize him, but he asked her the same question. Woman, why are you weeping? And thinking that perhaps it was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And with that, Jesus looked at her and said, Mary. And suddenly she recognized him and said, Rabboni, which means teacher, rabbi. Jesus told her to go and tell the disciples that he had not yet ascended to be with the Father. And so she ran to do that. And when she finds them, John has Mary giving us the very first and shortest Easter sermon. I have seen the Lord. That's what Mary said to the disciples. The very first Easter sermon, I have seen the Lord. 
Isn't it interesting that it wasn't the empty tomb that caused her to believe. It was the firsthand encounter with the risen Christ. Then and only then did she go and tell the disciples, this is what has happened. He is not dead. He has been raised. He is alive. And I have seen him. Of course, it's later in this chapter that John gives the purpose of his gospel. He says, these words are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. And that's what this gospel is all about. That's what the Christian faith is all about, believing in Jesus so that we may have life in his name. I don't know where you are this Easter. Many of you are are probably like me, sick and tired of the coronavirus, tired of your life being disrupted, tired of homeschooling your children, tired of not seeing the people that you love in person, tired of all the bad news on TV every day, tired of illness, tired of death, tired of fear. So guess what? Today we start over. Today we begin a new life. No, some businesses are still not open yet and life is certainly not going to get back to normal right away. But having a new life in Jesus, his name begins right here in your heart. And I think all of us would recognize that there are certain aspects of our old lives that we don't want back. We've been forced to hit reset We've been forced to start over. This might be God telling us, you you know the, the way you were living before? You know some of the things that you thought were so important? You know some of the things that you lost sleep over and that you obsessed over and that stressed you out all the time? Yeah, those things need to change. It wasn't healthy. It wasn't meaningful. Maybe your faith was only an afterthought. Maybe your spiritual life was something that you completely neglected. You were too stressed. You were too focused on money and image and what other people thought about you. Some of the things that you were chasing and worried about, yeah, they were superficial. They weren't important. It's that story that that Fred Craddock tells about going to visit his niece in Arizona that one time. And they had a a former racing dog, a greyhound, that was now a, a family pet. And Fred tells about this conversation he has with the dog where he says, you know, are you still racing anymore? And the dog says, no, I'm not racing anymore. Well, what happened? Don't you miss the, the glitter and the excitement? Oh, yeah, I miss it, but not really that much. Well, what's the matter? You, you get too old? No, I still had some race left in me. Well, what's wrong? You couldn't win? No, I, I won over a million dollars for my owner, the dog said. Well, what was it? Bad treatment? No, they treated me well. Well, what Fred said, did you get hurt or injured or something? No, no. Then what was it? The dog looked at him and he said, I quit. He said, you quit? Yes, I quit. You see, after 
running around that track all those years, running and running and running, I finally figured out that that thing that we were chasing that we thought was a rabbit really wasn't a rabbit. It was fake. And so I quit. So much of what we chase and believe in and think will make us happy is not even real. And Easter reminds us of what is real and what matters the most. Paul says, if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. Everything has become new. Paul says, if it is for this life only that we have hoped in Christ, then we are of all people to be most pitied. You see, life has a way of humbling us when we least expect it. When we think we're on top, when we think we have it all figured out, we get knocked off of our horse and we're told, you will stay at home for a few months and you will think about your life and you will think about the things that matter most. And I'll tell you what's most important. It's our faith in Jesus Christ and knowing him. It's spending time with our family and the people that we love. It's not taking our friendships for granted. And it's learning to look at each new day as a gift, not a gift that we are entitled to, not a burden that we have to endure, but a gift that we are called to open and to live. Easter is a time to start over. And I hope we can learn the important lessons of Easter. I hope this can be a new beginning for all of us. I hope Christ can be born into our hearts so that we can see and experience our lives through a completely different lens. Because the reality is certain things in life have to die before something new and better can be reborn. Would you join me in prayer? God, give us eyes to see the beauty of the spring and to behold your majesty in every living thing. And may we see in lacy leaves and every budding flower the hand that rules the universe with gentleness and with power. And may this Easter grandeur that spring lavishly imparts awaken faded flowers of faith lying dormant in our hearts and give us ears to hear, dear God, the springtime song of birds with messages more meaningful than our often empty words, telling harried human beings who are lost in dark despair, be like us and do not worry for you, God, have us in your care. Amen. Happy Easter, everybody.